Good morning, everyone. At this level, could you wave at me as well? Those of you online, good morning. And those at the cry room, parents at the cry room, can you wave at me? At the cry room. Thank you, parents at the cry room, for braving the rain, bringing your younger ones here at this morning as well. Thank you, thank you. Now, we have resumed our First Corinthians series ever since the first weekend of October. And last weekend, we learned the issue of considering Christ and others at the communion table. And today, we will visit another issue that Apostle Paul raised in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And the title for today's sharing is Gifted. Gifted is my better than yours. Gifted is my better than yours. And the big idea for today is God has given a variety of gifts to bless the body. God has given a variety of gifts to bless the body. And many of you know that we are on this series of covering uh, chapter by chapter in the book of Corinthians. And today we look at chapter 12, where Paul moved into another issue concerning spiritual gifts in the church. Now say with me right now, spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, and for those of you online, can you type spiritual gifts? Now, the Corinthian church was well endowed with the various gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the problem arose when the believers there overemphasized the gift of speaking in tongues versus other spiritual gifts. The issue here, beginning in verse, uh, chapter 12, was not the gift of speaking in tongues, but rather the believers overemphasis on this one gift over the rest of the gifts. And let's examine right now the context of this issue from verse 1. In verse 1, it says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, so Paul moved into this area right now. He said, Brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one, no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, Apostle Paul set the stage through verses 1 to 3 reminding the believers of their past association and worship of idols. And scholars believe Paul was correcting the believers for bringing their past religious practices into their faith community. You see, what happened is that in their previous religious practices, some of the Corinthian believers were spokesperson. They were spokesmen, spokeswomen of, on behalf of their idols. And you must understand that the ancient belief was such that the mute idols needed someone to speak on their behalf. And now that they became Christians, the, these believers then, they, they wanted to be God, Yahweh's messengers through inspired utterances of tongues. And knowing their background, Paul laid an important principle for the use of prophetic utterances. And Paul said this, that anyone, anyone speaking on God's behalf 
would always declare the Lordship of Christ Jesus and would never curse Him at all. Now, this is a very important principle here because this serves as a crucial check for us today when we see supernatural manifestations. You see, church, not all supernatural manifestations and healings are of the Lord. We have learned from our Supernatural Realm series, if you recall, that there are supernatural beings who are against our Lord Jesus Christ. And these fallen and evil spiritual beings can perform supernatural signs and wonders as well. You see, church, the Bible warns us that some will even be misled because of the signs and wonders that these divine fallen beings could, uh, can perform. For example, now we know that the occult and witchcraft can conjure powers to perform signs and wonders. Now, how many of you know that occult and witchcraft, they can perform signs and wonders as well? How many of you know that? They are real because the, there, there is a demonic source behind it. And therefore, not every sign of wonder that is performed, in, not every sign of wonder today that we see, they are performed in the name of Jesus. We must know that. And we must determine the source of every supernatural power. And the way to check is through the person, the person who taps into that power source. And we must ask ourselves when supernatural signs and wonders are performed, we must ask ourselves right now, this person who is performing the signs and wonders, is, is Christ the Lord and Master of this person? Does this person confess that his power comes from Jesus Christ? And I urge all of us not to be easily taken in by unknown sources of supernatural power because some of these sources can come from the demonic world. And church, we need to be careful. So tell neighbor on your left and right, tell them right now, check the source. Very important. We need to verify the source. Is it from Christ or is it from the demonic world? Now, with Christ as the only true source of our supernatural power, Paul then explained the various gifts of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 4 right now. And Paul went on to explain. He, he said, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service. They mean serving each other, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, activities, spiritual activities here. But it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Same Spirit, same Lord, same God. So you can see that God the Father, Lord Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are mentioned in the operation of the spiritual gifts. And by, by doing so, Paul brilliantly showed that the Godhead was involved in the various gifts, various services, various activities that involve the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 7 now. He says that to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same 
Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And all these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit of God who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So in this passage here, you can see that Paul listed a, li a, a group of spiritual gifts and they are, number one, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, number two, number three, faith, number four, gifts of healing, number five, the working of miracles, number six, prophecy, number seven, distinguishing between spirits. In some Bible translation, it said discernment of spirits, number eight, tongues, number nine, interpretation of tongues. Now, please note that the list of the nine spiritual gifts here, they are not exhaustive. As Paul mentioned these nine as, as examples, examples that were familiar to the Corinth believers. Now, there are two more lists of spiritual gifts found in Romans chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4. Now, it is not the intent of today's sharing to dive deep into these spiritual gifts listed in the Bible. And I hope to do this in another preaching series focusing on spiritual gifts, maybe next year or year after, okay? But suffice it to say that these nine spiritual gifts listed by Paul were for the common good of the faith community. Common good. Say with me right now, common good. And when Paul used the phrase common good, he meant that the Holy Spirit gave the spiritual gifts to build and to edify God's people. That's the meaning of common good, to build and to edify God's people. Now, just in case you do not know, Grace Assembly of God is a Pentecostal church where we believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still in operation today. Now, in the church world, we are called the continuationists. As continuationists, we believe that spiritual gifts are available for believers today. So, so we have the continuists on one end, and on the other end, we have, we have the cessationists. Now, cessationists are, are folks who do not believe that spiritual gifts exist today. So based on the definition of of these two groups that I just mentioned, Grace Assembly, we are a continuationist church. We believe that spiritual gifts were not just for the first century church, but they are still available to all believers today. Can somebody say amen? And these spiritual gifts are given to build the body of Christ and to strengthen the faith community among us. So the one common question that is often asked is this, Pastor, do we need so many spiritual gifts to edify the body of Christ? Well, as mentioned earlier, the nine spiritual gifts listed in, in 1 Corinthians 12, they are, they are not exhaustive, as there are many more not listed there. The point here is not to find the entire list of spiritual gifts in the Bible, but instead we need to use 
to tell ourselves, let's avail ourselves to be used by the Holy Spirit to build and to strengthen other believers through the gifts of the Spirit. You see, church, the Holy Spirit gives spiritual gift to believers to minister to someone at the point of need. If there is a need for physical healing among us, then we must pray for healing, isn't it? If someone needs guidance, we, we must allow the Holy Spirit to use us through a word of wisdom. If there's a need to sense good and evil, it's like you're sensing, is this from the Lord or is this from the enemy? Then we need to ask the Holy Spirit for the ability to distinguish between spirits, right? It is about availing ourselves to be used by the Holy Spirit to minister to someone at the point of need. And I believe, I truly believe, church, that many of us have functioned in many of these gifts without us even realizing it. As God's vessel today, our concern should not be about which gift to use. It's like, okay, this situation, I must look at the Bible right now. What, God, what gift should I use right now? Maybe I turn to manual, spiritual gift 101. Then, okay, maybe I use this gift for this situation. It's not like that. Church, it's not like that. Our concern should not be about which gift to use at the moment, but instead we say, God, I avail myself to be used by you for the common good. Be the available human vessel for the Holy Spirit to use. You know, the other common questions that we, we often have with regards to spiritual gift is this. You say, Pastor, can I have more than one spiritual gift? Because I want more. I'm not saying sorry, just one. Can I have more spiritual gift? And the answer is, yes, you can. When it comes to spiritual gift, you must be a bit more kiasu. You need to be. Because the use of the various spiritual gifts depends on the needs of the people to whom you are ministering to. You see, church, the Holy Spirit can use you to operate in various gifts to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort to the individual. For example, I was praying for someone who came to me for prayer because the person said, Pastor, can you pray for me because I need a physical healing and, and I've been having migraine and I, I've not been sleeping well. So when I heard the condition, I said, okay, let's pray. You know, so, so we came together and I prayed for this, this person. And as I laid my hands on the person to pray for him, the Holy Spirit showed me that, that he had unforgiveness in his heart through a word of knowledge. So when I was praying, I sensed, you know, that this, this migraine had, had a link to something else. So, so, and, the Lord, and the Lord, through a word of knowledge, showed me that there's unforgiveness. So I asked this person, I said, hey, um, is there unforgiveness in your heart? And the person was a bit shocked. He said, like, from migraine to unforgiveness, it's like unrelated, right? And the person said, uh, yes, I actually have a lot of anger against my dad. So, so, the, so the Holy Spirit also revealed that before healing could happen, the person must first release forgiveness. So I told the person that, I said, hey, you need to forgive. And so we went to a time of talking about the need for forgiveness. So while leading the person through the forgiveness prayer, while we were leading and I was praying for the person, the person, the person like was struggling to, to forgive the, the father. And I could see that he was struggling in prayer. Like he cannot say, you know, as I was leading him. And immediately I sensed a demonic stronghold preventing the person to forgive what happened in the past. So this sensing came through the gift of discernment, isn't it? You sense, hey, something is not right. As you pray, as you lead, like, 
why is this person struggling? And you sense, is this human or is it spiritual, you know? And I sense that it was, it was demonic. And this sensing came to what we call the gift of discernment. So we can see that from a simple request to pray for healing, I had to break demonic bondage, lead the person to forgive, and thereafter to pray for physical healing, right? All through a simple request for prayer. So in this exciting ministry process, one will have to operate in various gifts to help another person receive physical healing. Again, in the example I just gave, it is not about which gifts to use, but be that willing vessel available for the Holy Spirit to use you in that situation. Because through the willing vessel of our hearts, the Holy Spirit can use us to bring common good to people around us. So tell your neighbor on your left and right, tell them in faith, say that you can be that vessel. That's why you can be the vessel to bring common good. For those online, can you type in the chat, be that vessel. Now there is a diversity of spiritual gifts, but it is the one Holy Spirit who builds the body of Christ through available vessels. And I believe as I speak right now, the Lord is speaking to some of you to be that vessel. And I'll come to it later. But allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now. Because with the understanding of the various spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit, let's move to the next segment of Paul's writing in verse 12. In verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 12, it says, it's for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For it says that clearly that in, for in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member but of many. So from the diversity of gifts, Apostle Paul now emphasized the importance of unity within diversity. In verse 13, Paul explained how we are all united in Christ as one body. And Paul wrote that we are all baptized at the point of our salvation. We are baptized into Christ when we receive Him into our lives. We are all members of one body united in Christ by the Holy Spirit. Serve so me unity. And Paul went on to use the different parts of the body to illustrate his point in verse 15, where he says this, If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body, isn't it? Verse 16, If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? So when I read this verse, right, especially when it says about the whole body being an eye, it reminds me of a funny cartoon character called a minion with one eye. Some of your kids would love this minion, right? The minion with one eye. Verse 18, it says this, But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. If all were a single member, where would that body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. 
The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So Paul's point is that every part of the body has a role to play. And we cannot despise what each part is created to do. For example, our cafe ministry serves us delicious food and beverages weekly. Can somebody say amen? Every Sunday, I look forward to my cup of hot coffee and tea. Every Sunday morning, especially prepared by the cafe team, right? And, and the, cafe, the cafe team provides physical food, whereas the pulpit ministry provides a spiritual food. And it's a potent combination, right? Of meeting both the spiritual and physical needs of every Christian coming to church. And not only that, we also have our helpers in our children and our youth ministries, our ushers, this morning you, you see them, volunteers in our creative arts ministry, the worship team, the media team, all coming together as different parts of the body, serving the faith community with diverse gifts. So can all of us give a hand to those who serve the local body every week? Hallelujah. The body using the gift to serve each other, isn't it? Now coming back to the passage in verse 22, it says this, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honourable, we bestow the greater honour. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honour to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. This morning, there was a great example if you were at a cafe, right? Because the bihun and noodle came a little bit late, everyone suffered. <laughs> but the moment the bihun and noodle came, everyone is honoured. Hallelujah. Brilliant example this morning. But let me also take the opportunity to say that God has blessed Grace Assembly with many members in our various congregations, from the youngest children ministry to, our, to the oldest in our, in, our, in our Hokkien, in our Mandarin services. And they're all located on our two campuses, right? And our current size does not allow one person by the name of senior pastor, Dio, to have a meal with every congregant, conduct all funerals and weddings, counsel marriages, visit every member at the hospital bed, and yet at the same time, lead the pastoral staff in local ministries and foreign missions in 14 countries, raise and train pastoral staff and intern, handle governance and financial matters with the board as the last charity. And at the same time, you must also hear from God to preach super anointed messages, must be relevant ones, regularly. And have a strong marriage with Evelyn and be an involved father to my three kids. Now, 
please forgive me if I can't, if I can't meet all of these pastoral ex expectations and demands to the level that you expect of me. And I seek your understanding, church, if I have disappointed you because I can't meet every need in the church. And I want to apologize for that because I can't be at every funeral and I know that I have, I have caused some members to be upset with me because of that. I, I just can't. I can't be at every gathering, preach at every congregation. You know, when I preach an English one, the Chinese folks will say, hey, how come? Muslim, how long have you not seen you? You only have to Then I go to youth ministry, Pastor, what about us? You know, there's, an, there's this need, right? Everywhere. And to meet every need where it arises, it's just impossible because I don't have God's divine attribute of omnipresence. So even if I pretend to be like God, I, I can assure you I will look like the one-eyed minion. <laughs> Trying to be all things to all men, I'll be a joke thereafter. Not effective in what God has called me to do with my gifting to the body and to thrive in leading the church without losing my mental health, without losing my marriage and my family. I must have different parts of the body to lead the church with me. So in Grace Assembly, we have a very responsible board, a caring and committed pastoral team, and dedicated leaders and volunteers to help lead the various ministry in this local body. And, and this is in line with what Paul has written about unity in diversity and allowing different parts of the body to serve each other with their giftings. And church, let's not depend only on senior pastor Wilson Teo to serve the body, but allow the various parts of the body to better meet the needs within the community. Yes, I will provide the overall leadership to the church, but we must and we have to release the gifts of the Holy Spirit to function through the many parts of the body in this local church. Can someone say amen? So tell a neighbor on your left and right, tell them, let's serve each other with our spiritual gifts. Very important. We have to release the body to serve each other. And let me move right now to the last portion of 1 Corinthians 12. It says in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets and third teachers, then miracles, the gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and the various kinds of tongues. And again, Paul reinforced here the need for various offices and spiritual gifts in the body. Verse 29, are all apostles... Are all prophets, are all teachers to all work miracles? You see, Paul was asking rhetorical question here with an obvious answer to all of them. The answer is no. Not all apostles, not all prophets, not all teachers, right? So in verse 30, he said, do all possess gifts of healing? No. Do all speak tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And some scripture says, greater gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. So mentioned, as mentioned earlier, the issue here was the unhealthy emphasis of the Corinthian church on speaking in tongues over other spiritual gifts. And the church in Corinth treated the vocal gifts of tongues as superior 
to other gifts. And the vocal gifts gave them a false sense of superiority over others whenever they gathered in their house church. The focus was on self and not on other people around them. And to address the wrong attitude, Paul ended this chapter by encouraging the church to desire the higher gifts or the greater gifts. The term higher gifts does not refer to superior or more powerful gifts because all spiritual gifts are equal and given by the Holy Spirit to edify and to build the body. Remember the phrase, for common good. So what does higher gifts or these greater gifts mean then? Well, the term higher gifts refer to spiritual gifts that meet the needs of the body at the moment of need. It refers to the spiritual gifts that can meet the particular need at that point in time. It is about considering others before self. And Paul ended a chapter by instructing the believers to seek spiritual gifts that will build and edify others whenever they gather together. However, I want to highlight that Paul was not against the gift of speaking in tongues. Don't go away thinking that Paul was against tongues. No, he wasn't. Because tongues is still a gift of the Holy Spirit today for all of us. Paul was against the abuse of speaking in tongues and the wrong attitude of superiority in their gatherings because of this vocal gift. And church, we must not make the same mistake as the Corinthian believers to treat one spiritual gift as superior to others. For example, if after this preaching, I become thirsty, I walk off the stage and I become very thirsty, right? The gift of healing will not be the most edifying for me. Why? Because I'm not unwell. I'm thirsty. So when someone with the gift of service runs around to hunt for a bottle of water and pass me the bottle to drink, now this gift of service is a blessing to me. Well, somebody said, Pastor, I pray for healing for you. I look at, I look at person, healing? I don't need healing. I'm thirsty. So the gift that meets that need at the point in time is the greater gift. And we must not never despise any gift of the Holy Spirit because every gift can bring life and breakthrough in the situation of need. Now let me show you a real life example on the greater gifts of the Holy Spirit in action. Now this year in the month of May, Pastor Steve, Pastor Chadrick and I, we went to Israel to explore and meet some potential mission partners there. And one of the potential partners, he brought us to this high ground in Jerusalem where we could see a good overview of the entire city, especially the old city. Now you must understand that Jerusalem itself is already at a high, it's, it's a mountain, right? So this person brought us to a, on a high ground that could oversee the entire old city. And so this partner to, took us there to see a ministry opportunity that his organization wanted to be involved in. So we were there and the partner was explained to us. He's, he took time, you know, he brought us there. He took some time to say that, oh, you look at this place. Then he was explaining the ministry opportunity there. 
He kept on talking about a possibility, this, that, and we were there listening. And on this high ground, there was a piano. A piano where two persons were sitting there. And, I, and because the piano was playing, so I looked at the piano, the person was, there were two persons there, seated at the piano they were playing. One person was, one person was playing with two hands, and the second person was playing with one hand. So you can see three fingers moving, right? And I saw that scene, and, and while we were there at the place where there was a piano playing in the background, somebody and, and the potential partner was explaining about ministry potential and opportunity, I received a text from Singapore. A Gracian sent me a text. Now you must understand, this person did not know which part of Israel we will be, will be at, and I didn't disclose my itinerary to anyone. And when I saw the text, I, 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 look, oh, I said, oh, okay, I know this person. Those Christians sent me a text, and then in the text, it described a vision that this Christian received while praying for us. And in this vision, the Christian saw me, saw me, right, on top of a mountain with a bird's eye view of the location. And, and, this, and this Christian went on to describe that, that the Christian saw the word, in, 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 in the vision, the, the Christian saw the word, Opportunity written on the sky. Now, when I saw the text, right, immediately I, I, that caught my attention, right? And I paused and I quickly walked away. And you can, you can ask uh, the pastor, Pastor Chad will remember. I walked away because I realized, hey, wow. And I, and I look around. Is that Grecian there? He around here? <laughs> you must understand that that was exactly what I was seeing, right? And, and she was describing it. But what was more shocking was the text that described that, that this Christian saw a finger playing three different keys consecutively. Now that shocked me. And I went to the piano. I said, is, she, is this Christian there somewhere at the piano? Because that was what happened. Somewhere it was playing in the background. So all this happened in a text. And I knew then the Lord was speaking to us regarding this potential partner. Because we were praying, say, God, should we partner with this person? Should we not? Should we? Should we not? And we were praying, right? Seeking the Lord's direction and the text came. And so there was no way that this creation could have known what we were seeing and hearing at that point in Jerusalem unless the Holy Spirit showed her through the, through the gift of the word of knowledge. And I share this incident for us never, never for us to despise the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. They are given to you to bless and to edify the body. Because at that point in time, I want you to know that we were very edified and we knew that the Lord was directing us. Can somebody say amen? So before I close, let me summarize our learning point for today in 1 Corinthians 12. Firstly, no one will curse the Lord Jesus when operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's first. There are diverse spiritual gifts available through the Holy Spirit, number two. And number three, every spiritual gift is to serve the body of Christ. Amen. And with that, let's close in prayer. Because I sense that the Lord wants to move among us. I sense a stirring in the Spirit right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit given to the body. And may we use these gifts to build and to bless the faith community and to see men and women built up in their faith. And may we hunger for more of your Holy Spirit in our lives and ministry. Let us be your vessel 
where your power can flow through for your glory and purpose. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I believe that God has spoken to different ones of you to be the vessel where His power can flow through today. And God wants willing vessel for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be manifested among His people. Now, some of us have operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit before, but somehow because of busyness, because of distraction, somehow because of life issues, we have stopped operating in it, operating in the gifts that God has given us. And today, the Holy Spirit is reigniting the fire within you to be the vessel again. And as I shared the testimony earlier on how God used aggression to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there has been a stirring in your hearts. Because some of you, you know, you know that you have moved in the gifts before. You have heard from the Spirit of God before. And the stirring is to stir you to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit again. And this morning you say, God, God, I hear your voice speaking to me again. And it's your prayer this morning to say, God, let me be the vessel. Let me be your vessel again, Father. Let me move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and be a blessing to your people. God, I have somehow stopped moving in it. But God, I want to move in the gifts again. If that's you, all over this place, would you lift your hands and say, God, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Many hands, many hands. Allow the Lord speak to you. Thank you. Thank you. There's so many hands. Lift your hands to me and say, God, reignite the fire within me again. God, reignite the fire within me again. God, I miss being used by you to be the vessel. And the Lord is speaking to some of you here right now. It's time to take the step of faith to move in the gifts again. If that's you, lift your hands. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Many hands. The Lord is speaking. Stirring. And the stirring is to stir you to action. It's to stir you to move in His gifts again. Hallelujah. And some of you have stagnated and you, you know that in your heart. You say, God, I want to break free from this stagnation to move in the gifts again. Because for some of you, the next level of growth for you is to be that vessel. Is to be that vessel where God can pour His Spirit through you. Another group of you, you're new to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But with God's Word explained today, you want to step out in faith and be the vessel where you can exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you say, God, I want to avail myself. I want to avail myself to be the vessel to be used by you, God, to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands as well. I say, God, use me. I want to experience that. Thank you. Thank you. I want to experience that in my life. I want to avail myself to you. Thank you. Lord, use me. Thank you. God, I, I want to move in your gifts. Thank you. I want to. Help me too, Father. You say, God, I reveal myself to you. If that's you, lift your hands all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Church, would you stand with me all over this place? Because I believe that God is stirring. There's a stirring in your hearts today. Because God is speaking some of you. God has been speaking for some of you to move in, His, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit again, to be the vassal of honor to be the vessel to be used by the Lord again.
And God wants to use you, my friend. God wants to. And it requires a yielding to say, God, I want to take out the step. I want to take the step of faith to, be a, to avail myself for your use. And for those of you who have raised your hands, I'll ask of you one more thing for you to do this morning. Take a step of faith to, to walk out to the altar. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. We want to lay hands on you. Because it's a biblical practice to stir the gifts through laying on of hands. And today, we want to pray for you right now. For those of you who raise your hands, you want to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit again. You want God to, say, to use you as the vessel. I want you to come because we want to lay hands on you. We want to say, God, as we lay hands, stir the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your, in your son and your daughter. If, if that's you, you come right now as a team leads us. Hallelujah. The greatest thing in all my life that's why all over this place you come right now you. to know it you come it requires the step of faith to come but that's the beginning isn't it of spiritual gift the step of faith the step of say God I want to move so come all the way to the front right now find a place and say God I hunger for you I want to I want to know you. That's right, view yourself. Come to the altar and say, God, let the power of your spirit flow through me in all my life. Come all the way to the front right now and say, God, I avail myself to you. The greatest thing in all. In all my life, Lord is serving you. In all my life, allow the Lord to stir your hearts, my friend. Allow Him to stir your hearts.